Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. Videos that are moderated by actual people. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about social trolling. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great Thank conversation. You. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just $348. With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for. Friday edition of Primetime Action here on VEASANVEASAN.com. Matt Brown, Wes Reynolds, Kelly Bidlin behind the glass. We're coming to you with some news hot off the presses right right before we even get to Major League Baseball odds because this definitely, definitely is something that is going to affect betting odds and how we view teams moving forward. Wes, you read some news that just came through seconds before we came on air here. Yeah, Jeff Passan at ESPN, also Sam Dykstra, I believe, of MLB.com. Fernando Tatis Jr. of the San Diego Padres has now been suspended 80 games after testing positive for Clostaball, which is a banned performance-enhancing substance per Major League Baseball. So, uh, you know, we were kind of talking about that just briefly last night. I think the Padres were around seven to one or maybe plus 750, depending on your shop to win the MLB pennant. And I was like, okay, might this be a buy low spot for the San Diego mm-hmm. Padres considering their schedule this month? They only played two teams in the month of August with a winning record. Tatis looked like, you know, he's doing his rehab starts. He was getting ready to come back up. Uh, won't be in a Padres uniform anytime soon. That is, I mean, really and truly that is a as big a as big a news as could possibly come out mm-hmm. like post trade deadline, right? I mean, uh, that is as big. A, everybody who was betting on the Padres was betting on the version of the Padres that might be going into the playoffs, right? And it was yeah. already priced in a little yeah. bit at seven to one. You would think maybe a more fair price could be like nine to one mm-hmm. or ten to one. So uh, that is going to drift, and I think going to draft very soon. Seven to five Eastern. That Padres team actually on the road <clears throat> at the Washington Nationals. 
Mike Clevenger on the hill for the Padres. Corey Abbott for the Nationals. Clevenger and the Padres are minus 285 road favorites, plus 240 for Abbott and the Nationals at home as underdogs. Nine is your total. Soto there. and Bell make their return to D.C. <laughs> after being traded at the deadline. Uh, you've seen some movement on this game. It's moved probably about 30 cents, a lot of run line bets, a lot of Padres in parlays for sure tonight against Abbott, who has maybe been a little bit better in his metrics, but we don't really have a sample size. I think he's only made two starts this year. You look at the ERA, it's not pleasant. 727, the XFIP even worse at 816. 707 Eastern, Guardians and the Blue Jays, Cal Quantrill and Jose Barrios. Remember, Barrios was supposed to go two days ago. Game got rained out, so here he is two days later. Tonight, a little bit of extra rest for him. Minus 165 with the Blue Jays at home as favorites. If you want Quantrill and the Guardians on the road as underdogs, plus 140, 8.5 is your total in that one. Phillies and the Mets, Ranger Suarez and Max Scherzer. Scherzer in the Mets, minus 240 home favorites. 2-1 to one on Ranger Suarez and the Phillies on the road as underdogs. A flat 7 is your total. No Schwarber, by the way, for this entire mm-hmm. series up there at City Field in New York this weekend. Of course, Harper's still out, so you're seeing the under. It was juiced to the over. You're seeing some flat 7s, as you said, but even some minus 120 as well in the market. 7-10 Eastern Yankees and the Red Sox. Domingo, Erman, Nate Eovaldi. This is a coin flip, guys. 110 on both sides. Nine and a half is the total there. 7-10 Eastern. We got the Orioles and the Rays. Austin Voth and Corey Kluber. Kluber and the Rays are minus 145 home favorites. Plus 125 if you want the Orioles on the road as underdogs. Seven and a half the total there. 710 Eastern as well. The Tigers and the White Sox. This is Daniel Norris versus Michael Kopech. Kopech and the White Sox are minus 205 home favorites, plus 175 on the road for the Tigers as underdogs. Eight and a half is the total there. 805 Eastern Mariners and the Rangers. George Kirby for the Mariners. Josh Sports for the Rangers. And this is minus 155 for Kirby and the Mariners on the road as favorites. Plus 135 for the Rangers at home as underdogs. A flat eight is your total there. Mariners making the move today that Chris Flexen going to move to the bullpen, kind of be a long reliever slash bulk reliever guy for them in that rotation. So George Kirby, the rookie, is going to stick, and he is going to be mm-hmm. he's going to be the guy in that rotation for them as they make that stretch as they make that run here down the stretch for the playoffs. Dodgers and the Royals. Tony Gonsolin, Daniel Lynch. Gonsolin and the Dodgers, minus 260 road favorites, plus 220 for the Royals at home as underdogs. This one's looking about at nine on the total. 810 Eastern, we got the A's and the Astros, Adam Aller and Luis Garcia. Garcia and the Astros, minus 330, Wes. 330 mm. favorites here for the Astros at home, plus 275 if you want the A's. As underdogs on the road, eight and a half. Well, and Aaron Aller with an 8.66 ERA, eight starts, one and five on the season, 6.17 on the XFIP. So uh, those aren't uh, numbers that inspire much confidence when you're going to play the Astros. 8.15 Eastern, the Brewers and the Cardinals. Eric Lauer for the Brewers. We got Jordan Montgomery for the Cardinals. Montgomery, the Cardinals, minus 170 favorites in this one over the Brewers. If you want the Brewers' dogs, plus 145, seven and a half. 
is the total. 8.40 Eastern, the Diamondbacks and the Rockies. Zach Davies, Antonio Sensatella. Sensatella and the Rockies, minus 125 at home as favorites, plus 105 for the Diamondbacks on the road as underdogs. And, of course, we're up there in Denver West, so it's a 12 total, as we, uh, as we always see this time of year up in Denver. Twins and the Angels, Tyler Molly. For the Twins, Patrick Sandoval for the Angels. The Twins and Molly, minus 135 road favorites, plus 115 on the Angels and Sandoval as home underdogs. Eight is the total there. And just one of those 10-10 Eastern first pitches tonight, that is the Pirates and the Giants. Bryce Wilson, Carlos Rodon. Rodon and the Giants are minus 275, home favorites in this one. Wilson and the Pirates, plus 230 on the road as underdogs. Seven and a half is the total there, and we're not stopping because guess what, boys? We got preseason football tonight as well. Oh, yeah. Catch the fever. Wes Reynolds out here firing today. Got some. Oh, I'm interested to hear. Uh, this and how we're going. The Browns and the Jags. The Jags going off as two and a half point favorites in that one. 36 and a half is the total. We got the Jets and the Eagles with the Jets a one point favorite in that one. 36 is your total. Cardinals and Bengals are going at it tonight. Cincinnati a one point favorite with a 31 total in that game. And then the Packers and the Niners. Uh, two and a half point favorites are the Niners. 35 and a half the total there. Wes, what did you land on tonight? Well, we do also have one game in progress, mm-hmm. by the way. That started an hour ago, and that's Atlanta and Detroit. Atlanta now up 14-10. to 10. Desmond Ritter just threw a touchdown pass. Uh, injury news on this one as well. Their number one, our first-round draft pick, Drake London, out of USC, did have a catch for 24 yards, did leave with the knee injury. But uh, so far, Desmond Ritter looking okay, 14-10. This got bet to the over, I believe. 32 is the opener, closes 35.5, well on its way. And then uh, you mentioned uh, Browns and Jaguars just kicking off. So, uh, did play a couple tonight. They are the ones that are the 4.30 Pacific, 7.30 Eastern kickoffs. Uh, I went ahead and took the first half over with the Jets and the Eagles at over 17 and a half. I think you could spot a lot of 18s out there. There's a couple 17 and a halves, of course. Uh, you know, Jets, all, all three in their rotation, even though it doesn't look like Wilson's going to go, but Flacco and White were starting quarterbacks, at least for part of last year. And Eagles uh, rotation, even if Hurts doesn't go, Minshew, Carson Strong, a kid I liked out of Nevada Reno quite a bit that didn't get drafted. So I like the over in the first half. I took the Eagles. I went against the money. I took Eagles first half plus a half a point. And then the other game that's going to kick off here in about a little less than a half an hour, Arizona plus one and a half and also Arizona and Cincinnati to the under. When you look at this, uh, no Murray and no Burrow for these guys. It almost seems absurd to bet an under at 31, but I'm just looking at this uh, rotation. Uh, you're going to get Jarrett Guarantano against Jake Browning for, I think, much of the second half and see a little bit of Drew Plitt. So I took the under for the full game. I'll be looking to maybe go under for the second half at 14 and a half or better. I think that that would be the way to go with Cardinals and Bengals. Yeah, it is. It's one of those. I'm with you, man. I I look at some of these, especially a team like Cincinnati, right? I mean, I, I think this is a let's get out of here, especially this first game. No injuries, mm-hmm. no nothing crazy. Like, you know, we'll move on. We get some of these way deep down the depth chart guys that we get a little bit of a look at. But 
I can't imagine them doing anything that's going to right. that's going to really press like you're talking about, really press this thing over. I, yeah. I, it doesn't seem it doesn't seem like that would be. The yeah, way it almost seems out. absurd to take a total this low, but it's that low for a reason. By the way, uh, the other game, Jets and Philadelphia. Philadelphia getting the late money because it seems like it's been mostly Jets action where the books have been lopsided and kind of I guess you want to say need the Eagles need being a relative mm-hmm. term with low limits and not a huge amount of handle at least in preseason, but. Certainly, they're getting more Jets money, but the Eagles, uh, a little bit before kickoff, 20 minutes to be exact, starting to get some support, seeing some one and a half there in the market. They opened the favorite, and then the Jets, I think, went all the way to two, two and a half at some places. So, uh, Eagles likely to close the favorite at the link tonight. Yeah, interesting news coming through right now. Flacco not going to play for the okay. Jets in this one. So then that, that, then be, that would explain the yeah, move. I was just going to ask about that because it would seem like not much of a reason to play a guy like him either. So, I, I, I mean, Wes, I like that bet on the Eagles side of things. I mean, they definitely have that depth at quarterback where you're going to see some, I mean, you, we'd expect to see some Gardner Minshew mm-hmm. and then Carson Strong you want to get reps out of, right? So, I, I, I like that play. I would definitely be on that over the Jets. The, uh, the Lions did run out their starters for 10 snaps tonight on the offensive side of the ball, and it was Amon, Saint Ra, uh, Amon Ross St. Brown and DJ Chark out there with Jared Goff uh, with the uh, all 10 snaps for Jared Goff tonight. So, again, if we're kind of starting to see maybe how these teams are going yeah. to deploy the different players. Um, so those guys were the only two that played all 10 snaps. Mariota went uh, mm-hmm. the one drive and led them to a touchdown, by the way, and then Desmond Ritter on the last drive leads them to a touchdown, 5-7 of seven so far passing. We're going to talk some UFC with Jordan Sherwood a little bit later. We'll also talk to Kenny White on college football as well. Pack show here on Primetime Action on a Friday. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Alison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very slow. all the options. In spite of me. Like, what did we do? It's so slow. (laughs) Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on Deadline. Thank you again, Alison. Thank you. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. 
Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation vlogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. Friday edition of Primetime Action here on VEASAN. Matt, Wes, and Kelly. Got a lot of baseball tonight, finally. We didn't have any baseball last night. No. There was nothing going on. But we got baseball tonight. We got football tonight. We got several football games. Kelly, how are we going to keep up with all these football games? That's what you're going to be on tonight. You are uh, going to be on big machine? play duty. Yeah, you're going to be on big play duty tonight. <laughs> like, when some sort of big play happens, I want the sounder to play and then you're coming in. Yeah, we we don't have any TVs to watch them on, so yeah. I'll, so I'm just, saying you just got to follow. I'll just along keep on the track Twitter of machine. every box score. Yeah, every yeah. play by play. I'll set up on 17 different windows back here. I will say this: I went back and watched the condensed version of the game we didn't get last night, that Titans game. Mm-hmm. Now it was the second team, and I understand that, but. I thought Malik Willis looked pretty good against the Ravens. Right. I, I, you know, um, it was, yes, Ravens second team guys, but it's still, this is what, you know, it's second team guys, but, but Wes, he, he played at Liberty, right? I mean, mm-hmm. like we're talking about, mm-hmm. we're talking about a guy that if it's the second team Ravens would be the best team he's ever faced by tenfold, you know, like, like you know, on a, on a week to week basis whenever he was in college. And so to see him as, as poised as he looked to me to see some of the decisions he made. I, you know, I think he abandoned a couple of times too early and ran a couple of times a little bit too early, but young quarterbacks tend to do that from time to time. But I, I overall, I, I was pretty impressed with what I saw. Yeah, I was too. And the, I didn't watch the game, but just the limited clips that I saw mm-hmm. on NFL network. And look, this guy was recruited and did start his career at Auburn before he transferred to Liberty. So, you know, the guy's got some talent and the guy has some ability, uh, you know, has decent size, six one two twenty. So, you know, we'll see how much of a challenger he is to Ryan Tannehill. But 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 they drafted him where they drafted him, I think, for a reason. I know this was a weak quarterback class in the draft, but signed him to the four-year rookie deal. So they obviously see something in him. And, you know, Ryan Tannehill, I don't think has exactly a lock on that job necessarily. Mm-hmm. I expect that he's going to be the starter for the duration. But, you know, not exactly safe where it's like, okay, Willis, you're just destined to be a backup, and that's what we're bringing you in here for. I think they're bringing him in here to develop him. I, I Kelly, I, I listen, we've already done the preview on this team. Everybody knows where I stand on the Titans. I think they were extremely lucky last year. I think they were extremely fortunate. You take a look, the – record of the best team in the AFC did not indicate what all the advanced statistics saw in this team. They were 20th overall DVOA, by the mm-hmm. way. Like, I mean, 20th in the NFL. And you look at, at Tannehill, this guy was absolutely horrible under pressure last year. Uh, his passer rating dropped off 30 points whenever he was whenever yeah. he was under pressure last year. This offensive line got exponentially worse this year for this Titans team as well. Two guys left, and it's it was... 
I, yeah, I don't. I think it is a non-zero chance we see Malik Willis starting like the last three games of the season or something like that because his Titans team's out of it. And, and the offensive coordinator, I think, got worse too because yeah. I think this team does miss Arthur Smith, who's now the mm-hmm. head coach down in Atlanta. So they've taken a drop off, I think, just a little bit and then uh, trying to incorporate new receivers. Robert Woods now there as A.J. Brown is now in Philadelphia. But yeah, I'm, I'm not very long on the Titans either and I think there's a reason why the Colts have moved to minus money pretty much across the board. I mean, if, the, if that's the and goes even further south for them than we think, Matt. I, I mean, I, I don't see any reason why you wouldn't see Malik Willis earlier than that. Yeah. Even I, I mean, I think it's, it's just look. You have, you know, what you have in Ryan Tannehill, and is he is he a guy who can win some games when he's got a lot of weapons behind, uh, around him? And hey, I can turn around and hand the ball off to Derrick Henry, the best running back in the league. Yeah, like you can win some games with a guy like that, but. We know what his ceiling is, and it's not very high, and I honestly just don't even really think he's that good of a quarterback. So I think with a team with with less of the weapons and less of the help around him this year, I think he's going to be more exposed. I don't think this team's going to have all that great of a season, so absolutely get Malik yeah. Willis in there and get some reps. That, that win did, total sitting at nine seems very – like a 500 team, right? I mean, like right, that's yeah. a, that is that it seems so incredibly appropriate. It's like I'm not running to bet the under – but ain't no way in hell I'm betting the over. Right. That's for sure. Exactly. I did want to follow up with the the Vrabel. Did you catch his comments after the game last night? Because I thought they were pretty interesting. And I mean, it's exactly what you want to see out of a coach, I think. But where we do know it's Malik Willis coming in from Liberty. This guy's got a lot of work on. And Vrabel was basically like, hey, he got everybody in the right position, called the right plays. Now, would I like to see him throw the ball to open wide receivers instead of taking off and running with it? Yes, that's the next mm-hmm. step. So it was, you could tell he was a little frustrated with some of that with Malik, you know, willing to run when, whenever he saw well, that opening. But like you said, a, Matt, you're going to get that out of young quarterbacks. And that's a byproduct of just a guy coming out of college because, look, uh, most offenses in college football, or at least many of them, run the spread offense. So it's like, okay, take off and make a play instead of just hanging in there. In the NFL, they ask you to hang in that pocket until the very last second. So it's always an adjustment from basically all of these rookies. It's also one of those things, like if you are Malik Willis, like if I'm Malik Willis and rolling into that game last night, you're like, oh, I've been here in all offseason. I'm this li- this little kid from Liberty. I would have been taking that game way more serious mm-hmm. than anybody else on the field last night too. Yeah. You're like, I'm going to score this touchdown, right? Like that touchdown run. Should have got out of bounds right at the mm-hmm. four, saved your legs. No, cuts inside, gets to the, gets into the end zone. I respect that. He wants to he wants to play, man. Deshaun Watson starts O of two. Bust, bust. Oh, man. Trade, waste of money. Get Jimmy G in here. Starts, this is a disaster. Starts O of two. Trevor Lawrence, about on the other hand, is two of four. Mm-hmm. with a 32-yarder uh, to Zay Jones, who they signed in the offseason. Also, Travis Etienne with three carries so far in this game as well. So, Second and uh, goal for the Jags. Getting him a little bit of getting him a little bit of work here early as as he's one of those guys again that you know hadn't played hadn't played football in a year and a half. Yeah. After the um, after the injury last training camp for him. So. And Jacksonville did get a little bit of late money cuz some Browns guys sitting out. By the way, we do have an injury. Uh, I don't have a long-term update, but center mm-hmm. Nick Harris for the Browns was carted off the field. So 
you know, that was one of the reasons the Browns ended up disappointing last year. I think it wasn't just the quarterback play. It was the offensive line being injured because we know that this team is going to be able to run the ball, but it depends on who's going to be able to play quarterback. Are they going to get the ball down the field to these young receivers? And plus, we, Jacksonville does have a game under their belt playing in that Hall of Fame game. I know they didn't look very good, but Trevor Lawrence is playing tonight, unlike last Thursday night in Canton. So uh, Jacksonville uh, just inside the red zone here. Still no score six minutes in, and I do believe we have a touchdown yeah. in Detroit as well as the Lions take the lead. High-scoring game, 17-14, to 14, uh, still uh, in the first half. Yeah, over's looking good in that one. We're not even at the halftime, 17-14. to 14. See, here's the thing. You know how I know that neither one of you guys watched Hard Knocks yet? Because as the Browns score, I mean, as the Lions score 17 points early, you'd be saying like Browns, I mean, Lions Super Bowl for sure. Lions all the way. <laughs> Lions Super Bowl. Dan Campbell, let's run through a wall with him and Where's all this. But I, I, that's at, how, I, I know for a fact that you guys have yet to watch it because if you didn't come in here and basically want to want to want to punch that television because of the the speech that Dan Campbell gave at the beginning of the show, then, I, you know, I, well, it's, it's very easy. And, and here's one thing like in preseason, like people ask me how I bet preseason. I usually don't get involved with whoever the hard Docs team is simply because when you watch that and you pointed mm. it out, Matt, you want to run through mm. a wall through Dan Campbell. They very rarely, the people at NFL Films or the producers of this program, very rarely make a team look bad. They make them look very likable. I remember they did the in-season hard knocks late in the season with the Indianapolis Colts, and you're like, man, these guys are sweethearts. These guys are mm. such likable guys. But, you know, sometimes in the preseason, honestly – you get a little bit of a, a hard knocks tax, if you will, because this did move up. I think it was one and a half on the opener, went to three at some spots, close two and a half, because people get positive. When you just watch that hard knocks program, that hour program on HBO, you're thinking, okay, there's some good mojo and good mm -hmm. juju with this team. So far, they're covering the number, but I often think you pay a tax in the preseason for those teams. That, um, that touchdown for the Lions there was Devin Funches, who is oh. trying to resurrect his career as a tight end. Mm -hmm. So he is moved to tight end for the Lions and uh, makes the touchdown catch there no longer a wide receiver. He was always a really big receiver as it was anyway. So, yeah. you know, put on an extra 15 pounds and move into the modern-day tight end role, which, as we know, is basically just a glorified you know, wide yeah. receiver as it is anyway. And the Lions actually got bailed out on that drive because Tim Boyle did get sacked for a loss of 10. They were going to kick a field goal there, but illegal use of hands for the Atlanta Falcons uh, gives them first and goal at the four, and Detroit cashes in two plays later. So we talked about it a little bit last night, I think, with the uh, Giants and the Patriots game. There are some points of emphasis there. Their illegal contact is going to be called mm -hmm. probably Probably a lot more during the season. I'll be interested to see if they stick with it throughout the season or if it's just like the first few weeks and then they're like, yeah, we're getting all kind of feedback and blowback. We don't want to necessarily call this anymore. The Jags have a lead, guys. The Jags are leading an NFL football game three to nothing. There it is. Jags for the Super Bowl, right? Elliot Fry with the uh, field goal. Uh, uh, this kicker, I don't believe, is going to be kicked in the uh, in the shin like uh, last year's Jacksonville kicker. <laughs> that was so. Yeah, forget about that. That is so amazing and so incredibly awesome. Uh, we'll talk some news and notes here on the other side as well. We're going to continue to talk some odds, you know, central odds. Where do we think this is all going to end up? End up. We'll look at some NFL winning record odds as well. We got all kinds of stuff to talk about here tonight. On oh boy the. Oh, boy, the Orioles are up one nothing. Was it? Was it him? Was it him? Come on, tell me it was. Kelly, was it? 
don't, we don't know. know. Let you know on the way back. We'll announce on the way in on the other side. The drama. Could it have been a Mount Castle bomb? We shall see. Primetime action coming back. College Football Guide is out now, and the NFL Guide is coming in just a couple of weeks. Start your football season on the right foot with expert profiles of every team, including team trends, power ratings, and over-under recommendation plus best bets on season win totals, division finishes, and player awards. Remember, the only way to get this thing, you got to become a VEASAN All Access subscriber. Nothing a la carte. Go ahead, pay the $175 discounted price. And you get this, you get the Pro Football Betting Guide, along with everything that the VEASAN All Access subscription provides now through the Super Bowl. You can join us for 40 bucks a month as well if you prefer to go that route. Go to VEASAN.com slash subscribe for all your options and to become a part of the Sports Betting Network. As always, drink responsibly. Kelly, I change up the reads a little bit, like specifically on these ones like this, because I know the guys downstairs probably know it by heart at this point because they hear it, I'm guessing, about 17, 18 times a day. No. So I figured, hey, look, let me let me throw a little spice on it, you know? There you go. Let me a little stank on it and just, Keep uh, on their toes. just mix it up a little bit. Keep you know? them on their toes. You can talk about Isaiah's uh, alma mater, ASU, and what their win total is this year. Yeah, stuff like that. Four, exactly. four and a half? I don't even know. Wes? Yep. Wes, we, I, uh, I think it's a ride around there. Uh, by the way, field goal good for Atlanta. We go to the half in Detroit, all tied at 17. They probably got over in that game in the first half. I was going to say, they probably got over in that game in the first half, Yeah, 35 and a half was the closer. If you bet the opener, you've already (laughs) got it there. But all tied at 17. Uh, Young Hoku, 47 yards good. All tied at 17. Live odds there. Lions, two and a half point live favorites. uh, 46 and a half. Wes, it, it's one nothing Baltimore, but it, it wasn't Mount Castle. It was not. It was uh, Rushman, uh, who's been kind of a real revelation for this team, is the Baltimore Orioles, who we questioned what they were doing at the deadline when they let go of Mancini and they let go of their closer. It's like, okay, they're not really going to go for it here, but the team is still mm. going for it. 58-53, and 53, this is a big series uh, with Tampa Bay, up one nothing already here in the top of the second because uh, all of a sudden the Rays – 58 and 52, kind of right there. It was kind of like, okay, they look pretty good for the wild card, but Baltimore is not going out quickly into that good night. Aaron Judge and the Yankees up one nothing. It was not a homer by Aaron Judge. He walked and then back to back hits by Rizzo and Donaldson. So they take the one nothing lead there. Judge does come across for the Yankees again, hitting 304 with a 397. OBP to go along with all those homers, Wes. And like that's the thing here with Judge that that to me just easily separates him mm-hmm. from everybody else, including Shohei Otani. It's it would be different if he was hitting all these home runs and hitting 250, but he's hitting 304 and drawing walks oh. and and scoring runs for this team in other ways and other know, than just the long. And you ball. know a tweet I've seen very frequently. It's like Hey, this Aaron Judge guy is a pretty good defender, too, and he's got a pretty good arm in right field. It's like, oh, you don't say. He's been a pretty damn good player for many, many years, but in his contract year, looking to cash in with an MVP award. So let's take a look here at the AL Central, and what are we trying to figure out with this AL Central? Who's going to come out? What team is going to put together any sort of run 
what team is going to look like they want to take this division and go ahead and get into the playoffs. It's Guardians, Twins, White Sox. It's going to be Guardians, Twins, White Sox all the way to the end here. The odds have finally, finally, finally started to reflect what we've seen on the field, West For the longest time, despite the fact that the White Sox continued to struggle, continue, continued to disappoint, continued to have crazy calls by Tony La Russa and mm-hmm. all the things like that. They they were the favorite in this division for the longest time. Finally, not only are they not the favorite anymore, they are actually third in the division now behind the Guardians and the Twins in the betting odds market. Guardians plus 135, Twins plus 185, and now the White Sox at 2-1. to one. If you look at their remaining strength of schedule, four, 484 for the Guardians, 488 for the Twins, and 481. So about the same along the way for all three teams. You could not get me to bet this one. Even though I think they are by far the most talented team, you couldn't get me to bet this White Sox team for anything. Yeah, they're just too inconsistent. Yeah. I think, uh, would they lose two or three in Kansas City uh, in that series now at 500 with 50 games left to go in the season? By the way, bottom of the second, no score yet against uh, mm. the Tigers. Kopech on the mound for the White Sox tonight. But look, they haven't been able to stay healthy or really had everybody healthy all year. And that's why I think so many people were saying, okay, the White Sox, they're still mm. the team to beat, even though when they were down in third in this division as of a few weeks or about a month ago, that they're going to get everybody back. But Tim Anderson back on the injured list with a finger injury. But still, they've gotten Grandal back, and, mm. and they've gotten Eloy Jimenez back. So it's not like they're the total walking wounded. But I think it's the pitching that's disappointed outside of Dylan yeah. Seas and maybe a little bit of Johnny Cueto. Michael Kopech's been okay, but Lance Lynn has not been great. Mm. Lucas Giolito has not been great. So they have a, a decent enough bullpen, but they should be a lot better than they are. And it's just like, maybe you stop kind of saying, okay, this is the buy spot. This is the buy spot. And you kind of be like, maybe this is what they are, what they are here. Yeah. And that's a barely over 500 team. It's I, I think we look at the, I think we look at the the guys that have been good for them, and it, it kind of gives us this false hope that they're going to so look. Vaughn has been great for them. Robert has been great for them. Abreu, Jimenez, all four of those guys. But those were the four guys we knew that were going to be mm-hmm. good for them coming in. It was, can everybody else live up to either what they used to be or bounce back from a bad season, whatever it was. And instead, we have Pollock hitting 235. They you got were shopping Grand- him at the deadline, yeah. too. Didn't get any takers. You, you got Grandal hitting 204. Moncada's hitting under 200. Moncada's hitting 196 on the season mm-hmm. for, this, for this team. So it's like the, the four guys we knew that were going to be good are good and have been good, but it's everybody else that hasn't really picked up the the slack for for them either here and so it's just a very interesting situation with this team so if you were if you were betting this Wes let's let's just say you know you had to make a bet I don't think any of us are running at these odds to bet any of these teams but if you had to you pulling it you pulling the trigger on the Guardians or the Twins Maybe the Twins, because mm-hmm. I do like what they did at the deadline, getting Tyler Molly uh, from Cincinnati and really didn't have to give up a lot in return. Uh, Reds obviously got a lot more in return for Castillo with mm-hmm. Seattle. It's like you kind of look at what they got back from Molly. It's like, man, they should have got a little bit more. But uh, the Minnesota Twins just kind of finding ways. Uh, they don't really have any great dominant starters. I mean, Sonny Gray, I think, has been very solid for right. them this year. But you just look at this team, and they just kind of find ways. It's like, okay, we're waiting for this team to fade. We're waiting for this team to fade. But the starting pitching, you know, has kept them competitive. They don't have any shutdown guys, but it's been good enough. And I think Tyler Molly was a nice ad at the deadline. Yeah, no, no, absolutely. And I just, I look at this Guardians team and I guess the, the one thing I do see with them, they do have a 
top of the line, front line ace with them in Bieber. So you do kind of at least have that where you don't really have that with, with right. the twins. And, and so, you know, at least once every five days when you go out, you're feeling really, really, really good about winning the game. So, I mean, there's at least that. But, yeah, I – at these at these odds, I think it's about appropriate. I think the Guardians might be a little bit better than the Twins, but then you're getting plus one eighty five as opposed to one thirty five. Mm-hmm. So I mean, you know, it's it all comes down to the betting number there. I would I would sit back and and just take that. Yeah, one nothing in. for me on mm-hmm. any of those three. Just do me a favor and someone let me know when everybody jumps ship from the White Sox ship, so I can I'm gonna then jump on it. <laughs> then I'm gonna start saying White Sox. They've had the best lineup all year round. Finally getting healthy. You just gotta give them some time, guys. You guys are too antsy. You got to give them time. Fifty games left. Yes. Okay. All right. That's what we'll. That's what we'll do. So when everyone's ticking now, yeah. when when everyone finally abandons ship, which I'm going to assume will be like this week, right? Like next, like next Wednesday, week. Yeah. Like, I'm Captain White. Yes. Sox. By by next by next Thursday, everyone's going to be like, I'm I'm, I'm off this team. I'm, I'm Captain White yeah. Sox. Then. And yeah. there you go. You're coming in at that point. That's right. You're going to make a bet to prove to back it up. Yeah. I'll like, I'll right. make like a whole eight dollar bet. Yeah. All right. There you go. But that's action. <laughs> that's action. That's, that's still right. action. Uh, NL Central, not a three-team race, a two-team race between the Cardinals and the Brewers. They are virtually identical in record right now. This Brewers team got caught by the Cardinals. The Brewers were up by several games not too long ago. Cardinals going a nice little run here and find themselves in a dead heat with the Brewers. Wes, it's this this Cardinals team. It just I don't know why every year I I. I doubt them or try to doubt them or try to find things wrong with this team because this organization just continues to figure out how to win games no matter what. Of course, you did get a massive, massive rebound season here from a couple of their different a couple of their players. I mean, Goldschmidt didn't really fall off at all, but he's back to being like the yeah. Goldschmidt of old, right? Yeah. Like he's 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 no longer like a good player. He's back to being the great player that he was for several seasons in Arizona. And you get a good season so far from Arnado, from Edmund. And so now you look up and here this team is having caught the Brewers. Yeah, and they were very active at the deadline, Mm -hmm. of course, bringing in Quintana, bringing in Montgomery, who in his first start against his old club, the Yankees, I think through like five scoreless innings, and uh, Montgomery back on the uh, bump tonight. So, look, that's what we were worried about with the Cardinals, if you're a Cardinals backer, Mm -hmm. is because Flaherty came back, and then he had to go Mm -hmm. back to the I.L. Steven Matz has kind of been on and off the I.L. all year. Alex Reyes, who was supposed to be their closer, hasn't Mm -hmm. pitched all year. Jordan Hicks has been dealing with some issues. So, Cardinals had to do something they elected to do it with pitching and I think probably rightfully so and then you look at Milwaukee what's that team's mindset right now I know Josh Hader was having some struggles but it's like hey we're dealing a closer that's been lights out for us ever since he's been here so that gets maybe the guys thinking a little bit and that's why you've seen the Cardinals I think at least uh, slightly overtake them by a half a game and listen I have bets on the Brewers I would if if someone forced me to go one way or the other, I'm going Cardinals. I mean, it's just the that the pitching staff I think is it has has been equal to what you're getting out of the Brewers, despite the fact mm-hmm. the Brewers have those awesome awesome starters, and of course the hitting has been much much better for the Cardinals. Jordan Sherwood talking a little UFC when we come back. Primetime action here on a Friday. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. Five to six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall. 
and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Before I found Zigazoo, I believed all social media was inappropriate for kids, but I feel great about my kids being on Zigazoo. Videos are moderated by actual people before being added to the feed. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about mean comments on your kids' videos. And you need parental consent before joining Zigazoo. Bottom line, it's a space that prioritizes data safety for kids. Oh, but don't take my word for it. Zigazoo is KidSafe COPPA certified. So weigh everything Zigazoo has to offer. Maybe you'll zigzag too. Zigazoo, a social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. Baseball predictions made brighter. Join the Born in a Ballpark Challenge presented by Blue Moon to compete now for free cash all season long. Enter weekly prediction pools to fight for your share of $62,500 in total cash prizes. Head to DraftKings.com slash Blue Moon now to join in on the action. Blue Moon made brighter. 21 or older only. Terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com for details. And as always, drink responsibly not a lot of not a lot of season left so you better you better get in on this you know not a lot of season and i see on the screen up there it says it's it's only it's through september so we, mm-hmm. we, you know you better get in on Clock the 62 cow yeah get in on the 62,500 bucks cuz it's not going to be there forever and by that time the white Sox are going to be in first place next thursday is when they're out of, is that, that's when everyone's off of them kelly's on them that's what i'm oh you know what we got a white Sox fan about to come on the show forgot about that oh well we can talk about how terrible they are for, to, with yeah, we can talk about with jordan for, for, yeah. for just a second he is you can find him over on twitter at wood on 1063 he's the co-host of the unnamed ufc podcast he is jordan sherwood jordan how you doing buddy <laughs> oh, thanks. I'm, I'm actually thinking about the White Sox right now and just how miserable they've been all season long. But uh, good to distract from that. Talk to you guys here for a couple minutes about some UFC. Well, let's let's actually I want to do I do want to ask you one one question. Do, 
are you like team Tony Larusa or are you team get Tony Larusa out of there? I'm team to get Tony Larusa out of there. Okay. Uh, I just you know he hasn't managed the team well. I mean they're not meeting up to expectations. Someone has to be held accountable. Should be the manager. It should be the pitching coach. It should be the hitting coach. But uh, he's Jerry's guy, so he's going to be in that seat until Jerry decides he doesn't want him in that seat anymore. So let's start on the undercard here before we move to the main card. You do have a couple of plays on there. What fight should people be looking out for on the prelims? Well, on the undercard, I mean, he's a big-time favorite, Gabriel uh, Benitez over Charlie Ontiveros. But uh, I'm looking for something special, and Gabriel Benitez is a finisher, and Charlie Ontiveros likes to get finished, and he likes to walk into fire, which is a fight that Gabriel Benitez uh, prefers to have. However... I think we're looking at a submission opportunity, and you're and I could find it in places as high as nine to one. I think Gabriel Benitez, you know, hurts Charlie uh, Ontiveros at some point in the first round, second round, and then snatches up a guillotine. So I think if you're going to play an undercard and a big time favorite in that regard, uh, you look for something special, some sort of prop, and and Gabriel Benitez via submission would be my suggestion. It's a little bit of a flyer, but certainly I think worth the risk. Uh, in a matchup that favors him stylistically. Jordan will stick with the prelims, which is uh, a fight that we were supposed to see last week, by the way, a welterweight bout with uh, Jason Witt and Josh Quinlan. Quinlan uh, had some kind of metabolite in his urine sample, and they pulled him from the fight, but now they're going to face off again. It is a catchweight bout at 180 pounds. Josh Quinlan, a big favorite over Jason Witt. Yeah, as he should. I mean, he's a big-time prospect. We should have saw him, uh, as you just alluded to, Wes, a week ago. The guy hits hard. He's undefeated. And Jason Witt's a guy that that takes damage and takes a lot of damage and has a shaky chin, you know, throughout his UFC tenure and his mixed martial arts career. Uh, I'm on the under in this fight uh, because, look, it is a risk when you're talking about uh, a prospect, a guy that hasn't fought a lot of times in the UFC like Quinlan, but he should find Jason Witt's chin at some point in that first round and get him out of there kind of quickly. If not, then you kind of look, maybe bet that live to Jason Witt, but also look for a finish because Jason Witt's wrestling, his grappling might take over. I still love the under. I think there's a finish for sure in this fight, but I'm siding on Quinlan because he's got knockout power in both hands and Jason Witt uh, gets hit quite a lot. Devin Clark rebounded in his last fight, had dropped a couple, and then in April was able to get a TKO win. That being said, you are still heading the other direction in this fight. Yeah, I mean, look, well, first and all, that fight was at heavyweight. It's not at light heavyweight, which this fight is at. Azamat Mirazakov is a big-time prospect also. Only has one fight in the UFC. It was a, an impressive third-round flying knee knockout. But he had four or five fights in the UFC that just – uh, didn't come to fruition. It was his opponents that pulled out. This is another guy that the UFC is extremely high on, is a very durable grappler, has got some flashy striking. And I think Devin Clark, you know, he's a he's a grinder. That's what he is. He's going to have to utilize his wrestling, utilize a lot of cardio to get the win. But I don't think that's going to do it against a guy that's going to be able to equal and match that wrestling. So at a dollar seventy, I like Azamat Morozikov. I know other people are on Clark thinking he's going to outwork, outlast him. I don't buy that for a second. I think the striking is going to be the difference. Morozikov at one point in the fight is going to touch the chin of Clark, and he's going to go out. We've seen get Clark get finished before. It's going to happen again tomorrow night. 
last minute uh, substitution here against Nate Land, where it was supposed to be Takugov uh, from uh, Russia, but had a visa issue. So last minute replacement. This is David Onama, a newcomer, ten and one uh, so far on his record, and uh, Onama a big favorite here. And uh, I often wonder, Jordan, you know, when you get a last minute replacement like this, and this, by the way, I believe is the co-main, unless they've switched the order. I think they might have switched the order, but uh, nevertheless, uh, you think that this is not going to go the distance. No, and, and well, this is also a showcase fight for David Onama. This is another guy, a prospect the UFC is extremely high on. He took a fight on short notice in his UFC debut, looked really good in a loss. Since then, he's finished everybody that he's fought. Uh, he's an enormous featherweight, absolutely huge for the division, looked fine on the scales. And Nate Landwehr's 2-2 two and two in his UFC career. The two times he's lost, he's been finished. And albeit he looked very good his last time out against Ludwig Klein, I think Onam is going to overwhelm him, kind of similar to what I mentioned with the Quinn Witt fight. He's, his striking, his power, his takedown defense is going to be enough to land something on Nate Landwehr. However, just like in the Quinlan fight, if the, the young prospects not able to get the, uh, the veteran out of there early, the wrestling, the cardio is going to take over. So I think Nate Landwehr could get a finish at some point, probably in the middle of the second round, the third round. But my bet, my pick is going to be David Onama gets a finish and gets it early in the first minute and a, or first round and a half of the fight. And let's go to the main event here, Marlon Vera, Dominic Cruz. It is one of those things where you, you and I have been watching this long enough to know Dominic Cruz, such an unfortunate career arc for him where with all those injuries and having to take years off between fights, could have gone down as one of the all-time greats, in my opinion, had he not dealt with all of those injuries. And he has strung together a couple of wins, to be fair here, but it is a big step up here with Marlon Vera, who finds himself as a very big minus 240 favorite. Yeah, you're, you're, you're absolutely right, man. I mean, I was in attendance when he won the WEC Bantamweight title in Columbus way back when. I think he's one of the greatest of all time, even with those six years that he missed. And look, at 36 years of age, he's still a very accomplished fighter, very durable fighter. He's got the footwork. It's just not as fast as it was. I mean, he had some of the best boxing, best footwork we've ever seen. But I think Marlon Vera, the, the two last fights that he's had, the loss to Jose Aldo and now the win against Frankie Edgar, Matching up with guys that stylistically are kind of mirror a little, bit, a little bit of Dominic Cruz. The pressure he's going to put on Dominic, the power shots he's going to land on Dominic, I think are going to be enough. I'm not buying the finish, even though Marlon Vera is the most prolific Bantamweight finisher we've ever seen. I think Dominic Cruz is durable enough, utilizes his footwork enough, but Marlon Vera lands enough power shots, enough significant strikes, mostly leg kicks to win on the judges' scorecard. So I like the over, as you naturally would in any Dominic Cruz fight, because most of his fights do go to decision. Uh, but I think it's Vera's time. I think he's going to have his most high-profile win to date, and he's going to be in line for a top-five opponent next in the Bantamweight division. The over's the play at three-and-a-half, and Vera via decision at plus money would be my suggestion. And uh, I was going to ask you about that, Jordan, because if you look at Ed Cruz, uh, not a guy that gets knocked out very often. I think only Henry Cejudo was the only one to be able to do that by TKO. But as you get older and he's 37 now, do you worry a little bit about his chin or do you think that he's tactical enough to just, you know, kind of turn this into basically a boxing match like he usually does? I think he's going to do that, the latter. He's going to turn it into a tactical boxing match. That that was kind of a fluky knockout against Henry Cejudo. He was coming off a layoff as well. Dominic Cruz, though, just a little bit slower. That, and that's the, that's the difference. And I think Marlon Vera's going to pepper him enough, pressure him, 
He's got strong cardio as well, so that won't be an issue going five rounds. But I, I think Dominic Cruz, we see kind of a normal Dominic Cruz fight. Doesn't get finished, just gets outpointed on the judges' scorecards. Real quick, uh, we'll probably have you on to talk about this one as well, but looking forward to next week. Kamar Usman finds himself just a massive minus 340 favorite against Leon Edwards. What chances do you give Edwards at all in that fight, if any? I, I think to I think to survive. I, I think mm-hmm. that even though Kamar Usman's been a finishing machine off late, finishing of Gilbert Burns, finishing Jorge Masvidal, I think Leon Edwards has, has proven time and time again he's a, he's a durable fighter, very well-rounded. But until somebody tells me that now Kamar Usman's not the greatest – welterweight and one of the greatest fighters we've ever seen. Uh, I'm sticking on the Usman bandwagon for sure, but I think he wins it in in, in a five-round dominant performance. He's the co-host of the unnamed UFC podcast at Wood on 1063 on the Twitter machine. He's Jordan Sherwood. Thanks for the time, buddy. All right, Matt West. Thanks again. Have a great night. Go Sox. So we are looking around. Um, Jose Barrios getting lit up Mm -hmm. here by the Guardians. We will update all the scores here. On the other side, but if you are a Blue Jays fan or if you're a Blue Jays backer, whatever it might be, there's just there's just a wart on this team yeah. that just can't get me to thinking that they're going to be true contenders this year, that's for sure. Coming back, primetime action. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids like yours, and all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great conversation. Thank you. 